Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. And I want to talk to you today, we talked about the rise of the wind last week. And uh, this week I was praying and I really felt strong that God wanted to, to actually communicate to everyone watching today that there was going to be a rise even this week. You mark my words. Over the span of the next seven days, there will be a rise in your life. And I believe it's going to be a rise specifically of vision. A rise of vision. And that's the title of my, my, my talk this morning. If you like TED Talks, my big idea is uh, vision. My thesis, if you're academic, is vision. And if you're maybe a churchgoer, my sermon or my message today is dealing with vision. The rise of vision. And... Uh, I want to uh, open up Genesis chapter 13, and again, I'm reading about a guy named Abraham. We know if you were in the church world, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them. And, no, we'll stop. We're, uh, we're freaking people out that don't go to church. It's, a, it's a kind of a Sunday school song. Uh, but Father Abraham is, the Bible says, the father of all those who believe. He was, uh, he was pretty much the patriarch of all of the Israelites, all of the Jewish nation, can tr- trace its roots back to this man who at the age of 75 years old told his wife, we're moving. His wife said, where are we moving? He goes, I don't know. We're just going to go pack up the house. And this man lived a life in faith and he celebrated throughout history as, a, as the father of all those who believe. And today, I believe, if you're writing notes, you write this down, that vision and faith are connected. And if we want to have more vision, there's something about growing in faith that gives us a higher perception, almost like viewing uh, the landscape of your city from the ground, from a mountaintop, or from an airplane. You're looking at the same topography, but you're looking at it from a different angle. And I believe that faith and vision allows us to see life, see what's happening in the world from a different elevation. And so today, if you're tuning in, I want to talk to you, and I believe it's going to encourage you, so stay with us today. Let's read about Abraham, though. He's about 75 to 80 years old when we pick up reading. And it says right after he departed, he actually left his his nephew. They separated from his nephew Lot. And God speaks to Abraham, to Abram at the time, and actually tells him this. He says, lift now your eyes. Lift now your eyes and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, westward. He says, look now. I want you to just capture that thought for a minute. He says, look now. And he says, look to the north, east, south, and west. And he says, for all the land which you see, only the land that you see, I'm going to give it to you and to your descendants forever. I'm going to make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise. Here goes that series we're in. Arise. I want you to arise and walk in the land through its length and its width. For I will, I will give it to you. So this is an ancient promise. You're like, Mark, I'm living in 2020. What in the world? I'm in the middle of a COVID crisis. What in the world does this ancient passage of a promise that God made to a man have anything to do with me today? It's very, very applicable it Just if you stay with me today. But before we do that, I want you to go to one more verse out of Proverbs. It says this in chapter uh, 29, I believe it is, in Proverbs. We'll put it. Uh, it says chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs 29, 18 states, Where there is no vision, no revelation, the people perish or they cast off restraint. But happy is he who's aware of God's laws. I want to talk today about vision because I think right now we're in a window of time that it's really easy to get discouraged, to get downcast, to get divided where there's no vision. I believe that God's presence always brings a confidence because when God shows up, he makes things clear. He says that he's not the author of confusion because wherever God shows up, it's like glasses, you get clarity. And uh, today is no different. I believe clarity is going to come as you, as you hang out with us today. So let's pray real fast. I'm going to get into these thoughts this morning. And again, I want to talk to you this morning about the idea of the rise this week of vision in your lives, vision in your families. Lord, I just ask that today that God, you do something special in our midst. We're so grateful 
that, Lord, even when there's a time in history that's unorthodox, it's unusual, it's unprecedented, it's out of the ordinary, we thank you that throughout history you've done some of your greatest exploits, your greatest works in times of adversity, in times of uncertainty. And so, Lord, today, I even pray this week that if nothing else changes around us, that something would change inside of all of us. I pray that you'd enlarge our faith. I pray you take us higher, help us to see further, and give us greater vision of what, you, what you're doing and what you want to do in, our, in and through our lives. We love you so much. We thank you that all the moms we bless today as they're celebrated, as they don't worry about cooking or cleaning because all their husbands and all their kids are going to pamper them and bless them. I just pray you bless the Lakers this year. In Jesus' name, bless this Sunday. Everyone said, come on, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Happy, happy Mother's Day, ladies that are watching. We're so honored. Uh, we wouldn't be here without you. Praise the Lord. Something about it, just a good pause that just either causes people to laugh because it's funny or because people are hoping that it ends. And, uh, man, it's great to have you with us this morning. Uh, I want to I wanna let you know I was kind of praying this week as I try to always do and uh, praying for all of you. And uh, I'm trying to kind of balance. When you're, when you're a parent, uh, I've turned into uh, recently not only a pastor, I, I become a teacher of, a, of an elementary school of a junior high school. I've been a teacher, uh, actually also a principal, a disciplinarian. And uh, this COVID has kind of shifted my roles in my life and uh, spending a lot more time with my family and my kids, which is a blessing. And I've uh, been taking my five-year-old and my, and my uh, 12-year-old on bike rides through our neighborhood. My five-year-old just learned how to ride without training wheels. And I don't know if any parents can relate to this, but I feel like a large portion of parenting comes down to you actually looking or uh, shout talking to your children and asking them to either listen to you, to trust you, or to uh, believe you. And uh, this week was no different. Uh, my Chloe and I were cruising in my neighborhood. She's five years old, and she's just learning. Uh, we, we have the bike. Uh, we got a bike for her that actually doesn't have the traditional uh, the lever rear brake. It's the old school, come on, Walmart special, that when you actually hit the back sprocket, the back pedal, the, the brakes are activated by the cranks and not by a brake in the back. That makes sense. And so she's just learning how to do this. She's never used brakes before. She has, uh, in the past, relied on Flintstone brakes. Uh, she's worn out all of her tennis shoes because the soles of all of her shoes are worn out from putting her feet down to stop. Uh, so I've been teaching her how to use the brakes. And uh, this week we were going down. Our neighborhood has a lot of hills. And we were kind of going down a few of the hills in our neighborhood. And there were several times in the beginning of the night we were riding that she wouldn't, she wouldn't even start. She would sit there stationary. She began to cry. My fearless, brave little Chloe, she would begin to cry. And she'd go, I can't go, I, I can't do it, I can't get down this hill, I'm scared. And I have to remind uh, Chloe of a couple things. I said, number one, we're Francie, we don't get scared. Scared gets Francie, come on. It's like a Chuck Norris joke. I, I looked at my little Chloe, I said, no, Chloe, seriously, I said, we don't cry. When you cry, you crash. When you cry, you crash. And I tried to get this into her head, because many times this week we've been riding, and she starts getting teary-eyed, and she makes mistakes that make her fall over. And so I've been hammering this in her. I said, when we cry, we crash. I need you. Listen, Chloe, look at my eyes. Daddy knows that you can get down this hill. Daddy knows that you're really gifted on that thing. I want you to listen to my voice, and I'm going to tell you when to slow down. I'm going to tell you when to use the brakes. And listen, you got to trust Daddy. And she, she got to the point, she started rubbing her eyes, started wiping away the tears. And it was amazing that when my daughter got the tears out of her eyes, when she began to trust me, listen to my voice, and to believe that she could be and do what I believed that she could be and she could do, she actually started conquering some mountains in our, in our neighborhood. And I was praying this week, and it was because I gave her a vision of who she was, of who she could be. And when you have a vision of who you are and of who you could be and of what you could accomplish, there is a newfound confidence. And my daughter started conquering hills in our neighborhood because she started listening to her father's voice. And I don't know who you are today, but I want you to know that wherever you're watching from, I believe that God is wanting today, throughout the country, throughout the world, to instill a new confidence in his voice. 
I believe that God wants his kids, if you're taking notes today, I want you to write these ideas down. He did it to Abraham. He's done it to people throughout history. We see it in Jacob's life. We see it in the life of Joseph, of Daniel, that throughout history, God has given dreams and visions, a vision of the future that caused his kids to actually be guided and directed and have confidence. And so we find here, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this first idea down today, is that we as uh, every parent, all the moms know this, every parent wants their kids, number one, to see themselves the way that their parent sees them. It's amazing that parents see the best in their kids. You'd have the worst kid yelling, screaming, throwing a fit. And it's amazing that when your kid is acting crazy, no one loves your kid more than you love your kid, even when they're acting a little bit out, out of the normal. I believe that parents have the ability to see their best in their children. And if you're writing notes today, I want you to get this into your soul, into your spirit, that God sees the best in you. God sees not only who you are. God does not wait for you to get all, everything put together. God is not waiting for you to be perfect, to do the perfect will of God. God has never done his perfect will with perfect people. He's so good at actually getting us before we're ready and leading us, guiding us, and causing us to rise to who he wants us to become. Why? Because God sees us not only for where we are, God sees us for where he wants us to be. If you're writing notes, I want you to get this into your soul today, is that great parents, like, like God, want, they want their kids to see themselves the way that God sees them. You know, it says in Proverbs, it says, as a man believes or as a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. I think many times we think of ourselves the way that we think of ourselves, not the way that God thinks of us. And God wants to give us a greater level of vision today. Say it with me, vision. I believe that faith and vision are connected. And when I told Chloe, we're going we're gonna to conquer some mountains because you're going to actually not only see yourself as I see you, a mountain conqueror, but number two, Chloe, I want you to know this. Like Abraham, I want you to listen to my voice. I want you to listen to my voice. Now notice this. There's something about seeing. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. Not yet seen. Faith is a, a, it's a tangible substance that actually is not yet seen. Vision is something that we see. And I was, I was getting this uh, over and over again. We read this passage. Abraham, Abraham is like uh, almost 80 years old. He just separated from his nephew Lot. And I want you to get this, uh, get this in you today, that if we're going to go after this season is finished, if we're entering into a new era, a new, a new season with God, and I believe that we are coming out of this weird, funky, uh, obnoxious season that it's almost like the devil has just kind of got everyone out of rhythm, everything's been out of kind of sync, and things are going to be different coming out of it, but I believe they're going to be better in, in Jesus' name. But watch, when it says this, it goes on, he says that my, my, I want you to get out. And he tells Abram that lift your eyes to the north, lift your eyes to the south, the east, and the west. He says, whatever you see, I will give to you. And I just wrote this down, that we'll only possess what we see. And many times we don't possess uh, peace, we don't possess unity, we don't possess faith, we don't possess, I mean, we get on the, the roster of things that we don't have. We don't possess uh, success in our, our business, our mindset, our habits, because we don't see them. Faith is seeing the invisible, and it's believing the impossible. That's what faith is. Faith is a substance. It's a substance. The Greek word for substance, check this out. The Greek word for substance, actually, it's the idea of title deed. So when it says faith is a substance of things hoped for, it's like when you get a title for a car, and when they give you the title and they sign off the DMV, if you buy a used car, you buy a new car at the dealership, cash, they give you the title deed for that car. The moment you have the title, you own the physical vehicle. And many people don't realize this, that you are not just a body, you don't just have a soul, you actually have a spirit. And in the unseen, that fourth dimensional realm, God gives us an ability and an authority to see things that we can't actually physically see yet, but we see them with the vision that he gives us. And we, what we do is we actually start looking into that, and, and he tells Abram, whatever you see, you can possess. And I think many times we, 
God, God will only give us what we have eyes to actually see. Many people don't see themselves having a great marriage. They don't see themselves succeeding or rising up out of a dysfunctional, maybe season of life. They don't see themselves rising out of unforgiveness. They can't visualize, they can't even imagine a life that would not be dysfunctional. And I want you to know that, that one of the greatest things God does as, as, as a father is he starts to actually allow you to see yourself the way that he sees you. Many people, they go, Mark, I can never be alcohol-free, never be drug-free, never could be free from these bad addictions and vices because everyone in my family is this way. But I want you to know that the moment you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, what happens is a, a new heart, a new mind comes in. And what, what takes place is you start actually seeing yourself, you start seeing the world the way that the Father sees you and sees the world around you. You see, God is a good parent that wants his kids to see themselves the way that he sees them. He tells Abram, you'll only take possession of the land that you see. He goes on a little bit later in Genesis 15, verse 5. He tells him to get out of his tent. He says, I want you to look now at the stars. Notice that faith is always connected to what we're looking at. You see, the simple truth is, is what you dwell on uh, long enough, you will eventually become. You'll actually become what you think about. What you, you keep thinking about, man, I'm, I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to be suicidal. I'm always going to barely make it. I'm never going to get ahead. I'm never going to actually achieve the dreams that God has put in my heart. I want you to know that it's very clear in Scripture that God will always give you eyes of faith to see something before it's there. And when you can see it, it's like uh, I heard one scholar say that, that your heart is like a canvas that when God gives you faith, it's like a paintbrush, and the visions and the dreams that you get in his presence is like the paint. And when you can actually get with God, it says in Psalms 37 verse 4, that as you delight yourself in God, he will give you the desires, the desires, the, the word desires comes, it means from the Father. That there's things that God gives you that are from him, and it's those desires that he brings to pass. So many times when people pray, they pray empty-headed prayers. But I believe that Psalms, or excuse me, Hebrews 11 says that when we pray, faith is a substance. And when we're praying, we're not praying empty prayers, empty-headed prayers. We're actually saying, God, give me your heart for what's happening right now in the world. Give me your heart right now, what's happening in my family. Give me your vision for what's happening right now in this season of my life. And what happens is, as you delight yourself in God, he gives you this beautiful canvas, and he gives you this paint, and he goes, man, it would be awesome to be able to actually maybe, uh, if you're single, man, I would love to meet someone like this. I think many times we get generic things because we pray generic prayers. God wants us to be specific. I heard a story of one pastor in Korea who actually was in a poor village, and he said, God, all I want is a chair, and all I want is a bicycle. That's like my two greatest wish list items. He was growing up during one of the, right after the Korean War, it was a very uh, impoverished window of history. He said, God, I know you're real, and all I need from you is a bicycle. I'd be so happy if I had a bicycle and if I had a chair. And he said that nothing was really happening. He said one day he was praying, and he said the Holy Spirit said, you're being too generic. He said, what kind of bicycle are you believing for? He says, I want an American bicycle. He said, what kind of chair do you want? He's like, oh. in this way, he said, what do you mean? He says, what kind of wood do you want the chair to be made out of? You want a metal chair? You want a mahogany chair? What color chair do you want? And the crazy story is, and again, there's been extremes in history with people that have taken the idea that you can just imagine anything, pray anything. But listen to me, there is truth because 50% of actually coming into the kingdom of God is not just believing in your heart. It is actually connected to what you confess with your mouth. You see, it says, it says that he actually brings them out and he says, look at, and then in, in Genesis 15 he says, I want you to look, look at the stars in the sky. And as you count all the stars, he says, I want you to see it and I want you to begin to talk about it. And God would go so far, not only for him to see it, to count it, but he actually would change his name from Abram to Abraham, which means father of many nations. Because I believe if we're going to walk and live with vision, our words have to, be, have to be wrapped around the same vocabulary that God has. You see, God wants his kids to see themselves the way that he sees them. 
And so because of that, he actually gives Abraham a name that means father of many nations while he still has no kids and he's almost 100 years of age. You see, what faith does is it gets everybody around you calling God's promises what God calls them. It actually gets, gets yourself calling it. I'm not Abram, I'm Abraham. I'm, I, I believe that God has given me a vision for what I will become in the future. And today, I, I don't know why, but I was praying this week, and I feel like so many people are discouraged because they don't have vision for who they are, and they don't have vision for where we are going as a, as a country, as a state, as a county, as a church. Listen, God will always give you a vision of where he wants you to end up. It doesn't always happen the way you think it's going to happen. You know, it's crazy because in Genesis, it says that uh, Joseph has a dream at 17 years of age that he sees that sheaves bowing to him whatever sheaves are, and stars are bowing to Joseph. And it says that, you know, 13 years would go by, and we know the story that he would become the prime minister of the most powerful nation in the world. But what we don't find is sheaves are stars physically bowing to Joseph. Here's what I've learned about vision, is God always shows you what you need to see to keep you motivated to go and be what he wants you to go, where he wants you to go, and to keep you encouraged in what he wants you to become. Joseph does not have sheaves and stars bow, but what does happen is that's what he needed to see at 17 years of age to keep a good attitude when he was going through a waiting period in a pit. It's what kept his spirits high when he was serving in, in Potiphar's household. It was actually what helped him to keep on in faith when he was serving in a prison. Listen, when God gives you a vision, it's because he knows that you got to meditate on it, fix, fixate on that thing, and collaborate with him. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Say, God, what do you want me to see this coming year, this coming season for my family, for my business? Because here's what we know. Parents want their kids to see what they see about themselves. And number two, not only does he tell them to get out, to look at the stars, to look to the north, the south, the east, and the west, we know this, that all great parents, like with Abram, it, we know this, that their desire is, is that their kids would listen to their voice. You know, moms know this. Sometimes uh, I think moms spend most of their, their day just saying, uh, yes. And whatever the, their kid's name, in my, my situation, it's yes, Chloe. Yes, Chloe. And here's my, my, my five-year-old spends most of the day going, Mom, Mom, hey, Mom, watch this. Mom, look at this. Hey, Mom, Mom, check this out. Mom. And my, my, all day long, Rochelle's going, yes, Chloe, yes, Chloe, yes, Chloe. But you know what's interesting is that great parents, they don't want to just listen to their kids. They want their kids to listen to them. And I, I couldn't shake this this week. That vision is connected not only to letting God's vocabulary and God's desires for you and for the future come into your mind and into your heart. I actually believe that we, get, we, we, we come near the mountains that God shows us as we continue to listen to his voice. I'm telling you that when you wake up even this week, you start asking God, God, give me dreams, give me visions. Acts chapter 2 says that they're talking about this old passage in Joel. It says, when the Holy Spirit's poured out, your young man will dream dreams. Uh, will have visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So you know if you're old or you're young based upon if you're dreaming dreams or you have visions. Church jokes. Listen, young men will have visions. Your old men will dream dreams. There's a part of being a son of God, a daughter of God, that he doesn't want you to live aimlessly. God wants you to have a vision for your family. He wants you to have a vision for your, for your, for your business. He wants you to have a vision for what's going to happen after this COVID season is finalized. He wants you, are you hearing me? He wants, a, he wants a vision. And many times people don't realize that we never go after and become what God wants us to become or go after if we don't have an internal vision of it. I heard, I heard one time uh, after Disney World was completed, one of the chief architects looked over at Mrs. Disney and said, don't you wish Walt lived long enough to see this dream come to pass. And Walt Disney's wife, without skipping a beat, looked at him and said, he did see this, that's why it exists. 
I believe some of you, you have a dream in your heart for a company. You have a dream in your heart for a resurrected dead marriage. You have a dream in your heart for a son or a daughter that's gotten off track. You have a dream or a vision. God is going to restore this fragmented relationship. I haven't talked to my parents in six years. I haven't, I haven't been around my kids in decades. Listen, whenever God puts a dream inside of you, it's not to taunt you. It's not to dangle a carrot in front of you. God gives you visions so that you can actually pray into those visions. God, I see it. I see what Ocean's Church is going to become. I see campuses. I see cities that are going to be impacted by this community. I see countries. I see musicians writing lyrics. I I see pastors teaching people, leading movements. I I see cities being revived and awakened. Listen, every, every material dream that comes to pass comes to pass two times. Before it happens physically, it, it happens internally when God gives it to you in your spirit. And some of you, you're like, Mark, I want to do great things in the real world. Listen to me. you got to get God's dream, his vision for this next season. God, I see it. Show me what you see about me. And so the truth is, is probably one of the greatest mistakes that we can make right now in this divisive season of life is to actually put our, our perception of, of, the, of the country, of the state, of what's happening politically, because here's the deal, everyone sees things a little bit differently. It's like you, you, if there was a nine written on the ground right here, and I stood on this side of the nine, it looks like a nine to me. But if you're looking at the nine from this side of the stage, it looks like a six. And you're looking at the same thing, but where you sit determines what you see. Where you sit determines what you see. And I, I felt like the Lord said that some of you are sitting in a place right now that you feel like we have to start praying like we have never prayed before. There is darkness invading our land. I believe there is. And I think that some of you, you feel called to pray. And I think the church as a collective whole has to rise and say, God, we're going to pray. We're going to push back. God will arise. His enemies will be scattered. And you feel like, I got to pray. There's other people that go, Mark, I, I don't feel as much fire to pray, but I have, a, I have a peace to begin to trust. And some of you, you need to enter into a window of time that I'm going to trust God more. I'm going to stop worrying, being anxious, being fearful, letting these things dominate my mind. It says in Philippians chapter 4, to be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer, with supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And it says to meditate on whatever things are just, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, any, anything. Does that make sense? It says meditate on these things. Some of you need to trust God in this season. And I felt like there was a third category that I want to share that you know that God has raised you up for a window of time like this, that you're supposed to not only pray, not only trust, but God's asking you to invade. And I really felt like this was like a kingdom word for someone, that he's actually raised you up. Maybe what's happening politically is frustrating you, and God's calling you to actually go into politics. Maybe run for mayor, run for some sort of congressional chair. Maybe some of you are so frustrated with what's happening right now with Wall Street. God's raising you up to get more involved with Wall Street. Some of you are frustrated with media and arts, education. Can you believe they're teaching our kids this today? Many times frustrations are actually internal signposts to lead us towards God's visions and dreams for our life. Oftentimes you know what you're called to based upon what, what bugs you. And many, the mistake most people make is things begin to irritate you and rub you the wrong way. And what you do is you complain about them instead of praying about it and invading that space. I've learned a long time ago that, you know, it says that Moses, he actually killed a guy because of injustice. And when God calls Moses, he comes to him and he says, hey, I saw what happened back there. And I'm paraphrasing, but he basically tells Moses, you know what, Moses, what bugs you, it bugs me. And I'm going to raise you up because what's frustrated you is going to be the gasoline that fuels the vision that I'm going to give you. You're not only going to deliver one man out of murder, you're going to deliver three million people out of tyranny. Oftentimes, frustrations lead us to the visions that God has. Are you hearing me today? What God has for us. And so parents, listen, great parents. Abraham, I need you to see, look to the north, south, east, west, east, west. Get out of your tent, look to the sky, count the stars. I'm going to change your name, and when I change your name, you're going to begin to listen to my voice. 
I don't think that we ever become visionary people, people of prayer, people of faith, until we start listening to God's voice on a consistent basis. You know, it says in, in John chapter 10, verse 4, he says, my sheep know my, my voice. My daughter Chloe, she's not good enough to ride all by herself. She's not good enough to avoid rolling in the streets, you know, maybe getting hit. Like she could get hit by a vehicle if she's not listening to my voice. And I've, I, have, I feel like some of you watching today, I want you to know, you aren't good enough. I'm not good enough by myself to navigate my destiny and my dreams without consistently having my father right next to me going, hey, slow down right now. Hey, speed up right now. Hey, this is going to be steep downhill, but keep your momentum going because there's going to be a steeper uphill. And you got to keep the momentum from the, from the downhill to get you to the top of the uphill. Some of you watching right now, listen to me. God is going to begin to speak to you. And it's going to be dreams. It's going to be visions. It's going to be ideas. Like, why? I feel like I can't type fast enough about this creative. Listen, when you come alive to the visions of God, you actually start, you start having a higher intelligence. You start perceiving things like you never perceived things. And God's going to start calling you to be a solution to some of the problems that have been bugging you very badly. So today, we know that on this, on this Mother's Day, that God's heart as a parent is like your heart that you want your kids to see themselves the way that you see their potential. That, that great parents want their kids to listen to their voice. And thirdly, great parents, and I'll, I'll get ready to wrap this up, they want to be believed. I don't know why, but I feel like every teenager, every preteen, every even toddler, they get to this stage in their life that they want to test you. They want to see how far they can go doing it their way. And they try to argue with you, and they try to, they try to convince you <clears throat> that they know more than you know. And I, I think that if we're being honest as believers, if you are a believer in Jesus, we do the same thing with God. That we oftentimes, we try, to, we try to convince God that I got this one. I got this figured out. I don't need your direction. I don't need your help. I don't need you to show me what's next. I can do this by myself. If you're writing notes, I want you to write this down. There's three ways of learning. There's the easy way, which is when you listen to God's voice, you learn from the examples around you of people that have gone before you, that have failed or succeeded, and you learn from their mistakes. You can learn from bad example. So not only can you learn the easy way, you can learn the hard way, which is actually when you learn from your own mistakes. And you actually have to make your own, uh, you have to have your own low moments, your own failures. And then finally, there's a third way of learning that you don't learn from good example or from bad example or your own way. And you don't learn from either. I believe that God's heart is, is that you would learn by his voice, by his guidance, that you would listen to his voice. And ultimately, here's what God wants. He wants to be believed. There's going to be vision that comes into your life because you're going to delight yourself in God. And I wrote this down because I think it's so important that faith is a substance. It's a title deed. And I think that God wants, when you spend time with him this week, start asking the Holy Spirit. Here's, here's a really specific question he told me to give you. Is just every morning wake up and say, Holy Spirit, what is your dream, your vision, and your desire for today? What is your dream? What is your vision? What is your desire for today? What do you want me to do with my company? What do you want me to do with my spouse, my family, my kids? Today, this week, what is the vision and the dream that you have for me? And I believe as you begin to pray into it, listen, if all you do is ignore God and live life every morning however you want to live it, you will live with only natural resources to your vision. But if you will include God every morning when you wake up and say, God, what is the vision you have for today? What is it you want me to pray about? What is it you want me to trust you in? And what do you want me to invade today? I believe if you'll do that every morning, what will happen is, is you'll begin to hear his voice. And guess what? You'll begin to trust him. God wants to be believed. And I think that what we're going to do today is we're going to invite God to come into our hearts and to begin to soften our hearts. Many times we don't have vision because our hearts get polluted. I think that if we're being honest, we've we got to be on the same page here. It says that God does not want us to have a double-mindedness. He doesn't want us to have doubt in our hearts. It says this, Jesus, he basically outlines things about the heart. He says that your hearts can be hardened to spiritual realities. It says that in Mark chapter 6, verse 52. It says that your heart can actually be blind. It could be actually uh, incapable of seeing what, 
what would be obvious to the spiritual, spiritually minded. That hearts can be blind. It's, it says that hearts can be, uh, act, uh, it actually says, number, I'll, I'll clean this up. That number three is hearts are the origins of where sin begins. Some of our worst decisions happen because we don't invite God to actually give us vision in our hearts. And not only that, it says, uh, Jesus says that our heart is where our, our words are conceived. Everything you say, and I think it's so important this week, we have to keep our words in alignment with the vision and the dreams that God is giving us. I think many times we talk ourselves out of God's visions. I actually believe the reason why he told the children of Israel at Jericho, hey, seven days, walk around at one time on the seventh day, seven times, but here's the one secret, don't talk. I think the number one reason why he told Israel not to talk is because they would have talked themselves out of the vision that God had. They would have started complaining. We should be fighting right now. We should be scaling this city. We should be building ladders. And God said, look, don't talk because many times your words can get out of alignment with God's vision for your future. My prayer is that this week we would conceive words in our hearts that line up with the vision of what God's calling us to build, what he's calling us to do, what God's calling us to be. Are you hearing me today? Might be a really hostile climate that you're in right now. Maybe it's stressful at work. Maybe it's stressful with finances. Maybe it's stressful in your family. Listen, don't let your words add to the mess. Words can align things in Jesus' name. We start taking authority by saying, God, look, things are out of order, but in Jesus' name, you're going to give me wisdom. In Jesus' name, you're going to give me solutions. Holy Spirit, fill me with visions and pictures of the future. God, I want to get in alignment. I want to see what you see. I want to hear your voice, and I actually want to believe you at your words. And we know this, that when God actually comes into you, he begins to give you an imagination. I think that the, the, the simple truth is, is that faith and doubt, they both, they both have to do with your heart. It says that you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. But it also says, Jesus warns not to actually have a doubting heart. Doubt begins in your heart. Mark 11, verse 23, he says, if you speak to this mountain and you believe in your heart, you confess, this mountain will be moved. He says, but don't have an unbelieving, doubting heart. Many people, they, they, they don't have a heart that believes God. I want to encourage you that faith, look, it's old school, I get it. We've heard this years ago, but faith, it's still the same. It's timeless truth. Faith comes by hearing God's words. And some of you, you have a doubtful heart because you've been listening to everybody and everything except God's word. I want to remind you that God's still in power. I want to remind you that in the, in the, in the fifth quarter of the game, God can actually come through. That if there are evil plots going on in the world right now, that God is God's a specialist. God actually spared Mordecai and what should have killed Mordecai was actually responsible for taking the life of the person that actually designed it. That God is good at actually dealing with the enemies of God. He arises, he, he scatters his enemies. So we don't have to worry about those things. We have to worry about focusing on what Jesus wants us to be, what he wants us to do, what he wants us to dream. Are you following me? And what we wants us to pray. So we're going to get a vision of the future. God, give me a vision for today. Give me an idea of what you want me to do today with my family, my job, my career. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to pray? And let your words line up with what he's asking you to do. Because hearts, listen, hearts can be deceptive. That's why Solomon writes, to guard your heart above everything else. For out of it springs the issues of life. So important today that if we're going to be people of vision, we have to let God come in and say, God, I need you to wake up my mind, wake up my heart. Give me a vision for this season. And I, I do believe that God's given me a vision for oceans. God's given, I, I think that some of you watching right now, he's going to start giving you fresh visions and dreams. This is going to be a season. You mark my words in Jesus' name. Moms, listen to me. God's going to start giving you visions of your kids. I'll tell you this right now, that no one knows your kid's future better than God. And as you start asking the Holy Spirit, God, what do you want my kids to become? He starts giving you visions and dreams, and you start praying that over your kids. Some of you that are single go, Mark, I, I, don't, I don't know who I'm going to date. I don't know who I'm going to marry. God wants to give you a dream and a vision of what to believe God for. 
Remember the story of the bicycle and the, and the chair? What are you believing God to marry? I was so specific. I had a Bible professor in college that said, you should, you should give God the details of what you're believing to marry. You want to marry a blonde or brunette? What color are her eyes going to be? What kind of personality is she going to have? What are her interests? I think it's good that when you pray, listen, we pray specific prayers. Faith is a substance. It's a specific substance. Vision comes when we ask God for his details. And God oftentimes reveal those details by frustrations or by passions. And some of you right now, there's things that are frustrating you. You're going to pray about it. You're going to trust God in it. And you're going to invade that area. And others of you, it's not a frustration. It's a passion. Because listen, the truth is, the ship can be directed by frustrations or it can be directed by delight. And I've learned in my life, looking back, that the dreams that God's given me, he's actually pushed me ahead either by delight or by frustrations. And we respond to God in those situations. We begin to pray his will. We begin to see his will. We begin to declare his will. And we let our words line up with his words. Listen, he has great thoughts towards you. He has great plans for you. Don't talk yourself out of becoming and doing the vision and the dreams that God has for you. I want to pray today, if it's okay, that God will begin to give us new dreams, fresh visions. I feel it. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're going to give people today. Some of you, you don't need, you don't need the economy to change right away necessarily. You don't, need, you, don't need the, you don't need a new president or a new governor right away. And Again, things are going to change. I'm not saying they won't. But I want you to know this. Faster than anything else around us, you just need God to give you a new vision. When you get a greater vision, you get a new dream, it actually changes your attitude. And listen, I'm not saying you won't take action. Some of you will go into politics. Some of you will invade businesses. Some of you will be a part of invading different parts of media, arts, entertainment, education. I believe all of that. But I'm asking today that what happens is courage comes, peace comes, faith comes as we get a new vision from God. So can I pray for you this morning as we close? Lord, I'm asking right now, if you're watching this this morning, and if we're being honest, you say, Mark, I want to start seeing myself. I want to start seeing my future the way that God sees it. Maybe you've only looked at it from your own perspective or from maybe dysfunction that you grew up in. And today, I just feel the heart of God saying, hey, Chloe, listen to your dad. You can get down that hill. You know how to work those brakes. You know how to listen to my voice. You know how to conquer these mountains. If you're watching this this morning and you say, Mark, I need to have the vision of my Father in heaven. Would you pray for me today that I would start seeing myself and I would start seeing this season, that I'd start seeing my life from the Father's perspective. I want to become what he wants me to become. Would you just write this right now on the thread, wherever you're watching? Just say vision. Write vision. I want a vision from God of what I'm called to do in my business, in my family, in my career, in my marriage. Come on, say it with me, vision. Come on, band, say it with me. There's 80 in here. Say vision. I'm praying right now that God would give you fresh eyes. Eyes to see things in a new light. You ever notice you go into a room, if you've been in a, a cluttered room long enough, if you grew up with a hoarder, maybe my, 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 uh, my grandma and grandpa, they, they collected everything. And I'll never forget, I was so used to the clutter in their house that it wasn't until I became an adult looking back that I realized these people cluttered everything up. Why? Because I was so desensitized to the, the clutter that it became normal to me. And it, you know, sometimes what you have to do is you have to have someone come into your house that has a fresh set of eyes and says, hey, have you noticed that there's a stack of newspapers over here? Hey, do you notice that there's a bunch of things that are disorganized over here? Sometimes when you live in disarray, you get immune to it. And I believe that this morning, God wants to give you a fresh set of eyes. Some of you have been tolerating some nasty stuff that's cluttering your soul, cluttering your heart, clouding your canvas. God wants to paint a new picture, but you got to let God declutter some things. Lord, give me a fresh set of eyes. Come on, say vision. Write vision down. I pray today, Lord, that you give people some new vision today, fresh vision today. Number two, how about this? If you're watching this this morning and say, not only do I want to see things the way God sees things, see myself the way that God sees me, but as we close, how many want to listen to his voice? I want you to write this down. Just say listen. Write listen. L-I-S-T-E-N, listen. I believe that right now, the, Jesus makes a promise that if, you, if you're my sheep, you'll hear my voice. I pray right now, 
everyone that's watching, that just I ask that you begin to speak to them, Lord. Whether it's a dream at night, whether it's a vision during the daytime, it's an idea as they're in their commute. I pray that you give them solutions, how to fix problems in their marriage, with their children, maybe with some school stuff, maybe with some financial stuff. I ask you, Lord, right now, wisdom like Solomon, to hear your voice and to be solution-centric in Jesus' name. And how about number three? If you're, if you're watching this right now, God has a vision for you. He has, a, he has a dream for your life, but he wants you to believe it. If you don't believe that God has a dream for you, that he has a future for you, I'm asking you this morning, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. It is impossible to see the future of God without God. And right now, before we get God's dream for your life, you've got to get God first. If you get God's heart, you get God's hand. You want the hand of blessing? Come on, go after his heart. Right now, if you're here watching, maybe you're on YouTube right now, maybe you're watching on our website or Facebook Live, would you do me a favor as we finish this up today? If you're watching right now and you know that, that you're not living for God's dream, his vision for your life, and you want to be fully alive to it, try living after my own dreams, going after my own plans. I want to believe God for what he has for me. You write this down in your notes. God's best is always better than your best. God's destiny for your life is way better than your destiny. He'll take you further than your degree. He'll take you further than your experience. He'll take you beyond your pedigree, your family lines, your family background. Listen, God can take you places that you could never take you. And all he needs you to do is believe him. If you want to actually right now, I'm going to ask two different things here, so catch this. If you want to just believe God for the great visions that he wants to give you and the great dreams that he has for your future, I want to believe him. And here's what I want to do. I want to pray his vision and dreams, and I actually want to line my words up with his dreams and his visions for my life. I'm not going to talk myself out of being not smart enough, not gifted enough, not educated enough. I don't come from the right family. I don't have the right upbringing. I don't have the right resume. Listen, stop talking yourself out of God's dreams and God's visions. God's going to raise you up. I believe that. God's going to raise up this church. God's going to raise up this community. God's going to raise up some mighty men, mighty women. Some of the greatest educators on the earth are going to come out of Ocean's Church. Some of the greatest actors, actresses in the world, film, filmmakers, uh, producers, directors, come on, musicians, artists. I believe some of the greatest lawyers and doctors and teachers. I believe some of the greatest inventors and entrepreneurs. You mark my words. I believe. I see it. I have a vision of a community that knows the creator of the universe and begins to create. A, a community that, that knows the, the problem solver of the earth and loves them, and begins to solve problems from his presence. That's a word for somebody. You're going to begin to live your life from the presence of God, and God's presence always solves problems. we got some problem solvers in our church. So I pray right now, if that's you, you say, Mark, I want, his, I want to have a belief in God's dream. Just write belief. I want to believe. I don't want to talk myself out of it. I want to pray it. I want to line my words up with it. Just write this down. Belief. I pray for everyone that there be a new level of faith, contagious faith, that I'm going to do something great for God. If i got 60 years or 90 years, I'm going to spend them building God's agenda, living out God's dream for my life. I'm going to live with vision. I'm not going to perish. And how about this last thing? If you're here watching right now and you've never given your life to God, or maybe you walked away from Him and today you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Either way, we're going to keep you in the same category today. If you're here and you're watching right now, your heart's starting to speed up, you feel like I've been talking to you this whole time. I'm not talking to you. God's talking to you. And I believe that God right now is knocking at the door of your heart, and he's asking you right now, would you let me come into your life? You've tried life without me. You want to try life with me? You want to get things back on track today? You want to start letting God direct your steps, open up doors for your future? Do me a favor. If you've never known Jesus, but you want to, or maybe you knew God at one point, but you walked away at some, some moment of your life, and you want to get back on track today. Whether it's a first time or recommitment, do me a favor right now, and I just want you to either do a heart emoji or write heart. And I believe right now, look, you're like, Mark, why would I have to do this? What if people see my name? Listen, God says, if you honor me in front of other people, I'll honor you in front of my Father in heaven. I don't care about the, the critics. I don't care about the, 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 the jokesters, the, the jokers that are going to try to make fun of people that believe in God. I'm telling you right now that if you honor God, he'll honor you. If you need to give your life to him or rededicate your life, I just want you to write heart. 
either the emoji or write H-E-A-R-T, heart. And I'm going to pray for you right now, wherever you're watching. I believe there's people on every platform, YouTube, come on, respond right now. Don't just watch everybody else respond. Respond right now. Don't be scared. Don't be embarrassed. Holy Spirit, I pray everyone that needs to respond will respond right here, right now. Pray this prayer with me as we close. Say, Jesus, everyone that put heart, pray this with everyone watching. Say, Jesus, I invite you to fill me with your presence. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Would you lead my life? Would you direct my life? Would you forgive me? And would you fill me with your vision for the future? From here out, I want to live with you and for you. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, go ahead and say amen. I believe if you prayed that, you became a believer in Jesus. doesn't mean you're perfect, but it does mean you're starting to follow the perfect one. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to download the Bible app. Begin to read the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you don't have a church, I'd encourage you to be, become a part of Oceans. You can do a growth track right now after the service. Jump into our community. And if maybe you, you don't have a church or you do have a church, but you don't have any friends, join a small group. We have a link for small groups right now. I want to I celebrate the fact that it was the greatest decision you can ever make in your life. And the last thing I want to do today, and I'm, I'm a little over on time, but I want to pray one last prayer. If you need healing in your body or in your, your mind or your soul or your spirit, I want to pray today for healing. Listen, God is not limited to space. He's not limited to time. I don't care if you're watching this at 2 in the afternoon or if it's 8.30 in the morning. God right now, I don't care what day of the week it is. You might be watching this on Friday. God is not limited to time and space. There's no easy miracles and hard miracles. They're all the same. So I pray right now, whether it's cancer, I pray whether it's, Lord, a chronic fatigue, I pray that there's an adrenal gland issue, there's someone that has an adrenal gland issue, that you've been tired really easily and burnt out, you had like a crash, I pray in Jesus' name. I, I pray for the person watching that maybe just had an affair or was thinking about having an affair, I pray that you would intervene, that you would heal, that you would reveal, that you would restore. I pray for the person, Lord, that was suicidal, that had pills this week, that was thinking about contemplating taking their life, I pray that your love would encounter them right now. I'm asking, Lord, today that you'd begin to sovereignly speak to people watching all over the, all over the earth. I pray for the person watching from Hollywood right now. I pray that you would accost them with your love. I pray for the musician that you're getting ready to give up on music. God says, give me your gift and watch how I breathe on it. I pray that you would revive hope. I pray that you would revive life. I pray for the person that was getting ready to file bankruptcy, that, Lord, a miracle would come through this week in their business and their finances. I pray that you would prove that you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords, and you alone do great, wondrous things. I pray you bless your people, Lord. Let it be an awesome week of getting more visions, more dreams, and great faith. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for today. Bless all of our moms. We love all of them dearly. I pray we'd have an awesome week in your presence. Speak, for your children are listening. In Jesus' name we ask and we pray. And everybody said amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in Oceans Church. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.